Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. Do you remember Sock and Boppers? No! I don't think they were around very long because they were basically inflatable boxing gloves <laughs> that were so big that they would reach like all the way to your forearm. What could possibly go wrong? It's literally one of his greatest fears and now it will be forever caught. On record. Oh, good. Yes, I know, because as his mother, (laughs) this makes me very happy. Oh, you're talking about Ben. I am talking about Ben. Now, it's very well documented by me on live radio that my son has an, he's got almost a phobia when it comes to bugs. He really, and like, he'll see a fly and think it's a giant dragon. (laughs) He doesn't like. So here we are at the Art Center in Des Moines. Oh, yeah. And it is his senior picture session. You know, we have been waiting in anticipation for this for how many years? Well, I have been waiting in anticipation. He really couldn't have cared less. But I made him get dressed. We went. We had our lovely photographer, Hannah. And she's got him set up at the art center. And she's taking pictures and talking to him. And he's actually kind of getting into it and enjoying it because she keeps complimenting him. So at one point, she's like, okay. She's like, you're doing such a great job. I'm going to have you come over here. Now now sit right here. Let your legs hang over the edge here. Oh, this is a great shot. And, you know, Ben is like, because he's got the hair, you know, so he's kind of tossing the hair, putting his hand through his hair and fixing his collar and just really totally getting into it. And all of a sudden he goes, whoa. (laughs) And and I turn and I'm like, looking, I'm like, what's the matter? He goes, whoa. And I was like, Ben, what's Whoa! And then all of a sudden, my son, who normally doesn't move very fast, is moving extraordinarily quickly. And he's like backing up and backing up and waving his arms. Whoa! Whoa! Mom! (laughs) There's like a million wasps! A million! I think there were three... And they That's were a at million. least they were at least five to ten feet away from him. But this is the beauty. <laughs> Hannah never stopped shooting. So we've got Ben reacting to wasps. All of it. That's the one that's going in the wallet. The that's wallet the one print. that's going in the yearbook. They're just little, but they terrorize some people so very, very much. And Jen has some uh, senior pictures of her son being terrorized by what he said was a million wasps. It was three, and it wasn't that big of a deal, but I have the proof. Pam, have you ever been terrorized by a bug? Well, my son was, and I am jealous that Jen got pictures, and I did not. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so tell us. Back in May... My son was helping my husband replace the sewer pipe, and my son is six foot two, three hundred pounds, big boy. Big boy. And he was picking up the six foot pipe, and there was a spider. Oh boy! He drops the pipe and runs away with his arms straight out on his tiptoes, <laughs> yelling, "Nope, nope, nope, nope!" nope. <laughs> what did his dad do, by the way? Oh, we just we rolled on the floor laughing. I mean, it was hilarious. Naturally. <laughs> We're here for you. If you've been terrorized by a bug, you can share that story and we will bear the burden along with you. I was terrorized by a bug. Oh boy, when when, haven't you been? When I was in college, one of the jobs I did on campus was helping to clean the cathedral. And my supervisor was a woman named Marilia, and she was just the sweetest woman, super soft-spoken. I never heard her raise her voice. And so I go into uh, where Marilia was getting some stuff done. I say, hey, Marilia, I'm, I'm out of rags. I need to, you know, get a refill there. And she says, okay. And she turns around and instead of dropping rags into my hand, she drops a spider. <laughs> and 
know, I mean, my hands go, I've been terrified of spiders all my life. My hands go out in the air. What's going on? And then I look down at my foot. It was a plastic spider. Marilia had been holding on to this spider my entire shift, just waiting for me to ask for something from her. And then she drops this thing in my hand instead of a rag. That was because she knew how terrified you were of bugs? I think I might have confessed it to her on my last shift. (laughs) And so this woman who I had never seen joke around or anything just kind of has this funny little smirk that she goes back to work. I like her. I have a spider that's living in my mailbox. Oh, great. Her name is Charlotte. I named her. And uh, whenever I reach in there to get the mail, Charlotte's usually hanging out in there. I've watched her in the evenings. No, thanks. I have watched her spin her web. She's fascinating. I watched her catch a bug for dinner recently because bugs do not bother me, but bugs do terrorize other people. Have you ever been terrorized by a bug, Steve? (laughs) Oh, yeah. You like June bugs, Taylor? Uh, not, but we're not close. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, my parents and I, we stayed over at our brother's house for the night or two. And uh, in the middle of the night, when I was sleeping, I woke up with a deep flapping noise that fell into my ear. And I started oh. going frantic and all that such. Woke up my dad and said, what's going on in this? And something fell in my ear and in this nonchalant. Manly's man ways it all. Son, that's just a chew bug. <laughs> yeah, it's a chew bug. That sounded like Mothra from the Godzilla movie. They worm your way into your head, mm-hmm. and they never go away. Those commercial jingles, and one of them just started in your head just now, didn't it? And And you know what? If you know a commercial jingle, a lot of times it will let us know how old you are. Who's this? This is Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Jamie. Are you going to sing us a jingle, Jamie? I am going to sing you a jingle. Even I think this is a little obscure, but here we go. Okay. Do 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 DJ Max. DJ Max. Only my favorite song. Ever the same place twice. Oh my word! You're fantastic. I didn't know they had a jingle. That's all. I totally knew it. I mean, this is a crazy billion-dollar industry, Mm -hmm. commercial jingles. Oh, yeah. I mean, the good ones, once you hear it, or the really bad ones, (laughs) once you hear them, they never leave your head. They're in there forever. You could forget your kids' names, but you'll remember a commercial jingle. And when you sing that jingle that you are familiar with, sometimes it proves exactly how old you are. So we want you to uh, date yourself by singing a jingle. Hey, who's this? This is Kim Armstrong, and I have a good one. I have a feeling you guys might not know this one. Oh, okay. okay. Try All it right, out. go ahead. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, oh what a relief, relief it is. Oh, you do. <laughs> you can't stump Jen on that one. <laughs> I love commercial jingles. <laughs> plop, plop. What, what was the was name that of the Alka product? Seltzer? Alka-Seltzer. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh, good stuff. Okay. <sighs> you know what? I say that you're right around 29 and a half, just like I am. Okay, I'll go for that. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? I mean, no, that's not like the actual question we're asking, but we can judge from context clues based on the commercial jingles that you know. Did you just say context clues after no. asking how old I am? Yeah. We, 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 <laughs> we are able to assume your age. I assume your age every day. I've had this one rolling around in my brain all morning, and oh I just boy. need to get it out. Okay, wait. 
Are you sure you want to do this? I, I am. I don't know if anyone's ready to hear it, but... Warning. Hold on. <laughs> sock and boppers, sock and boppers. You can sock all day and bop all night. Sock and boppers, sock and boppers. More fun than a pillow fight. Do you remember sock and boppers? No! <laughs> I don't think they were around very long because they were basically inflatable boxing gloves. <laughs> That were so big that they would reach like all the way to your forearm. What could possibly go wrong? Your kids can hit each other and it will be safe. Yeah, right. I am so impressed by you. You have been calling and singing to us this morning. It's, I've been serenaded. It's been spectacular. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know. We all have those commercial jingles that stick in our head. Mm-hmm. All of us do. And most of us have those ones from our childhood that when you sing them out loud, people are like, oh, that's how old you are. You yeah. got a jingle like that, Rob? Yeah, actually, it's two related jingles, but it's more funny if the second kid interrupts the first. So it goes <laughs> like this. Okay. Oh, I wish I was Oscar Mayer Wiener. That is what I truly want to be. Because if I were an Oscar Mayer Wiener, everyone would be in love with hot dogs, armor hot dogs, <laughs> kind of kids like armor hot dogs, big kids, little kids, kids that climb on rocks, fat kids, skinny kids, even kids with chicken pox of hot dogs, armor hot dogs, the dogs kids love to bite. That was... You are amazing! A brilliant commercial. You- <laughs> You know what's really sad? What's sad, Jen? When your friends turn on you. Oh, I'm sorry that happened to you. You're the one that did it. Oh, then that's probably not that big a deal. You probably deserved it. (laughs) Imagine my surprise when having a conversation with somebody that I think is extremely smart. Dr. Heidi and Taylor and I were sitting around having a conversation about very important things. Yeah. And I'm not exactly sure how this came up, but we started talking about the twist tie on a bread bag. Yes. You know how this happens. You're hit, hanging out with your friends, and all of a sudden you start talking about something inane. Mm-hmm. But it actually turned into quite a serious conversation because they turned on me. You guys turned on me. I think it was deserved. I think what you do is a little strange. It's not strange. It's pretty strange. The bread bag is sold with a twisty tie at the end. Either mm-hmm. a twisty tie or one of those clippy things. Uh-huh. I maintain the integrity of that bread bag throughout the existence of the bread bag that has bread in it by always keeping the twisty. After I take a piece of bread out, I twist it and I put the twisty back on it or that little clippy thing. Do you think that's keeping it any more fresh than if you just like twist the bag and tuck it underneath? Say what you do. You throw away the twisty and you tuck under the bag. Well, so, I don't know. Sometimes I don't throw it away. Sometimes I give it to the cats because it makes a really good cat toy. I But... Like after one use? Yeah. You never keep the twisty. You- I, I don't want to mess with trying to fit that back over there. It's not making it like it's not like it's a zipper seal. It's a little piece of plastic. I actually do think that by doing what you do, you allow more air in and it makes oh. your bread go stale faster. Well, I eat bread far too fast for it to go stale. So, so honored that we get to talk about the important things. It is an important thing. Mm-hmm. You are keeping something from doing what it's supposed to do. You're keeping it from its purpose. I think that it has already served its purpose. That little twisty tie that holds the bread bag shut at the store doesn't need to hold the bag shut at your home. That's what it's for. It's to keep your bread fresh. That's why God invented twisting bags. You just you just twist the end of it and then you, you stick the bag thing underneath and you are good to go. Oh, my word. What do you think, Lindsay? I'm sorry, Kevin. 
Taylor, I'm turning on you now. You're turning on me? I completely understand what Jen's going through, and not to mention, I don't know if you knew this or not, but those twisty ties have a purpose, because they change colors, and each color represents how fresh that actual bread is. So if really? you get rid of that twisty tie, yes, 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 look this up. So anytime you you get rid of that twisty tie, you're basically losing the purpose of knowing how fresh that bread truly is. So if you throw it away, like, who's to say that bread is, like, two days from being, like, moldy yeah. compared to Jen, who keeps those and Thank knows you. probably yes. what I'm talking about. That's I mean, totally what I know. If it's two days from being moldy, it's still good. <laughs> but when it is moldy, you can usually see the mold. Well, right, wow. but I mean, would you rather have really fresh, nice bread or, like, nasty, crummy bread because you don't know? So that's my 411 today for Taylor. <laughs> yeah, Taylor. The twisty ties change colors? Depending on the day of the week that the bread was made. Oh, so they, they don't, like, change color as it ages. It's just, like, a Monday bread no, gets a red one. it's not a mood ring. <laughs> okay. I My brain was going to, like, so do you have to refrigerate those then? And it's like as they go out in room temperature, they slowly degrade over time. Like, what's the half life of a twisty <laughs> tie? The twisty tie takes on the mood of the person. That I didn't throw it away. Didn't realize we were using such advanced twisty tie technology. It's important. I mean, we're talking about bread. We're talking about carbs. This is very you, important. You need bread. Very important bread. I think the twist tie at the end of the bread, whether it's one of those clippy ones or whether it's one of those twisty ones, needs to be maintained throughout the course of having that bread bag. If you have the bread bag, you need to have the twist tie in order to maintain the freshness of the bread. I don't think the twist tie does anything more than just twisting the wrapper and tucking it under would do. What are you thinking, Linda? I can do you one better with the twisty tie thing. Oh, okay. good. Let's hear it. I like to use them, and so does my husband, So because we're just, you know, lazy. But the second thing is, is that recently we were having our kitchen repainted, and we were emptying all the drawers and putting them away, because we got the whole shebang done. Oh, yeah. And I pulled out this drawer that I never opened, and there's like 50 twisty ties. <laughs> and I said to my husband, how did these get here? He goes, I saved them. I said, why? We've been together 22 years. I did not know you had a twisty tie obsession. It may have changed my mind about you. <laughs> 50 ties. They were like, and they were every color of the rainbow. So I don't know how fresh the red was when he took them off. <laughs> he goes, don't throw them away. So I make them keep them in the garage now because I don't want to see them. The twisty tie at the end of the bread bag isn't the only controversy that can happen over a loaf of bread. Yes, yeah, Sarah, how do you feel about the twisty tie? I don't really care. I'm like, if the twist tie doesn't happen, I just twist off and tuck it. Yeah. My husband feels like the way that you keep the bread from going dry is to make sure that you maintain the heels on either side until the end. So do I. I made the mistake of eating the heel because I figured nobody was going to eat it. So I figured I'll just eat it with a burger. He about lost his mind because the bread was not going to stay fresh now because I ate the front heel. He's right. And I was like, really? Because I thought it was the plastic covering it that was supposed to keep it. They work in conjunction with each other. Apparently. How 2021 is it that (laughs) arguably the most interesting snack that Iowa has come up with is not going to be at the Iowa State Fair? Yeah, this one's definitely in the running. This is actually going to be at the Field of Dreams baseball game that's happening tomorrow night. Same night as the opening night of the Iowa State Fair. But they have a snack that actually a Food Network star has developed, Guy Fieri. He's the blonde one with, he's got spiky hair. 
He's created a apple pie hot dog. Which is like pure concentrated America. It is a beef hot dog wrapped in flaky pie dough pastry with uh, apple spice and apple mustard Mm-hmm. And sugar and apple pie spice on top. It it all just sounds very interesting. You said that you would try it. I think it sounds good. I think it sounds like something that my dad would have made up. Really? Did you? I mean, did you have one of those dads that would wander into the kitchen, usually late on a Sunday night because mom didn't cook on Sundays? Mm-hmm. And he would put his back to us as he would go into the refrigerator and then he would come out of the refrigerator with the most interesting concoction in his hand. <laughs> and he would take a bite, and all three of us kids would be looking up at him, and we would say, well, this is a fill-in-the-blank. And then he would say, you want a bite? And most of us would run. Yeah. <laughs> Dads, we love you, because your snacks make great stories. My kids want to tell you about their dad's snack when I'm not cooking. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Let me hear it. Okay, Leah, tell them about what your dad made for you guys one night when I was gone. Daddy cakes. Daddy cakes? What's a daddy cake? He took like canned salmon or canned tuna and put graham crackers on them and then like fried them on top of the stove. And they, the kids said that he just gave them to them and said to put a lot of ketchup on them and eat them. Oh, and boy. So I didn't ever want him to make him again. Oh, so that didn't go over well. No, it did not go over well. I mean, at one point it's your dad. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well... If dad likes it. It's got to be good. Right. But then your dad, he came up with these concoctions and, you know, we just call them dad snacks. Actually, it's a dad meal. Uh, My dad used to make chicken pasta Italiano, which was buttered pasta noodles, Italian dressing, Parmesan, (laughs) and uh, grilled chicken. He made it all the time for us as like an actual meal. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten to the point where like now I make it for my fiance all the time. And what does she think of it? She actually likes it. Okay. Oh, so this is a good dad meal. <laughs> yeah, this is a good dad meal. And I just wanted to pass it along. Well, That's good. Thank you. Explain it to me one more time. Take pasta noodles, like any kind of pasta noodle you can get. You butter them. And then you add grilled chicken, and then you put Italian dressing on top and Parmesan on top. Italian dressing. That's. I mean, it's Italiano. Yeah. That. That's yeah, how. Chicken pasta Italiano. What if you put French dressing on it? Is it Frencho? I don't know. What if you put Russian <laughs> dressing on it? Yet. Is it Russiano? <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought of those. You can just picture it. Mom walks out the door. Dinner time comes, mm. and all the kids look at Dad. It's Chef Dad time. <laughs> dad, what are we going to have for snack tonight? My dad called it Glop. G-L-O-P. Glop. Glop, all right? Just from the name of it, as a kid, I don't know if I'd like it. So my dad invented this meal, which we had multiple, multiple times, just based on kind of clearing out the refrigerator, <laughs> yep. the cabinets, and stuff like that. It's cream of mushroom soup, noodles, whatever you have. It doesn't matter. They can be spirally. They can be long noodles. doesn't matter. Melted Velveeta cheese, 
ground turkey, ground chicken, you know, whatever kind of ground meat you have, Mm -hmm. celery, you know, basically anything all put together. It's kind of in like an Alfredo sauce. (laughs) Cream of mushroom, Velveeta, and Alfredo. I know. I was going to say that's a lot of sauces. It's a lot to process. This is a saucy glop. Oh, absolutely. I mean, now now that you explain it, the name is apt. Yeah, I mean, you spoon it out and it kind of goes glop. <laughs> you know? Do you know what your limits are? And did it take something big for you to figure out that you needed to admit mm. <laughs> that you had limits? I can still remember the day I walked into the church and I had tears pouring down my face. And it was funny because two different pastors came at me from two different places <laughs> and they were both like, Jen, what do you need? And I said, I don't care. One of you, both of you, somebody, I just need to talk to somebody. So my sweet, wonderful head pastor, Bob, put his arm around me and, and he was like, come on. And so we went into his office and I just cried and poured out my heart because mostly I was exhausted. And secondly, Nobody was helping me do what I needed to do. Mm. I was working at a ministry and I felt like I was doing everything on my own. It wasn't this one, by the way. And, you know, I remember at one point my pastor said, hey, Jen, have you asked anybody for help? Uh, well, shouldn't they know? (laughs) Shouldn't they know that I need help? And That was when he reached behind him and he pulled a book down from his bookshelf and he handed it to me and he said, I really, really would like you to read this book. In fact, why don't you and my wife read this book together? Mm. And it was a book called Boundaries by Drs. Cloud and Townsend. And it changed my life because when I read the book Boundaries, not only did I recognize that I had limits and that was okay, but I recognized that in my pride at that point, I had not been asking for help. I had not been forging relationships with people that I could trust to help me. Mm. And one of the things that I needed to do in order to forge those relationships and and build that trust was to say yes to people, was to say yes to allowing people into my life and being my friend and yes to allowing people to do small things that I was trying to hoard all to myself. So part of me recognizing my limits was learning how to say yes. Hate to break it to you. You can't do everything. What? No, don't tell me that. There are many of us who feel like we can and should and just fill up our plate with every possible thing. But there is something beautiful and freeing and even God honoring and recognizing I am not God. Mm. I am a human who has limits. Mm-hmm. And I've actually been reading a book about the Sermon on the Mount by Warren Wearsby. And he's talking about the Beatitudes. And when Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, his theory, based on what some other people have kind of said about the words that Jesus used and how they've also been used in the Bible, is that to be poor in spirit is to recognize the limits that you have. Really? Particularly the limits that you have before God. And recognizing where you stand in the grand scheme of things and then accepting those limits. Hmm. And the really interesting thing is, he says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus is painting this picture of heaven where the people who are like truly engaged in it are people who have to depend on each other and on the Lord to make things happen. It's not a bunch of islands. It's a whole bunch of connections. Now, our friend Dr. Heidi talked with us about understanding that as believers, we have limits Mm -hmm. and we need to honor the way God has made us by recognizing those limits. 
But, you know, sometimes that can be hard when it comes to serving in the church or at Christian ministries. But Kelly's learned a really valuable lesson about this. I always thought that if somebody asked me to do something at church, then, of course, it would be something incredible that would be like serving God. And if they asked me, I just kind of assumed that I was supposed to do it. Mm -hmm. And I had this concern that pops up in my head of what if I miss it? Like, what if God really wants me to do something or I'm keeping my heart focused on God's plan? What if I miss it? And guess what? He circles back around. (laughs) You're not going to miss it. No. God's not like, well, I guess I got to alter my plan now (laughs) because Kelly didn't see that sign. She's out of the boat. I got to turn around and go back for her. (laughs) And he doesn't need to use me. He chooses to use me. Yeah. So I have a ton of peace from, hey, I can just enjoy my day and like keep my eyes on God and the plan. And then if I miss it, he already knows. You know, if he knows every hair (laughs) on my head, he's going to know I miss it. He circles back around two, three, maybe even four times for me. I need extra grace. The Taylor and Jen podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.